another late development, and this news keeps coming in as we're talking here. Hey, you should have. I was, I was impressed. I was thoroughly impressed. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> pants so damn tight, you fart your shoes and pop off. I was shocked. <laughs> That's what I said when I when I got home. I'm like, man, I ain't, I ain't even know these skinny jeans. I thought it was fitted. <laughs> you look good though, bro. I had, I was, I was, I was like, bro, you look good. I was like, damn, black. What's the, what's the special occasion? It was Mac B Day. Okay, okay. I feel like I'm the only wet turtlenecks for niggas B Day. Hey, that's that's a legit ass cause though. But uh I keep wear I, I keep buying trenches every time I go to Zara. Get a new trench. Yeah, and that coat was clean. The, the trench coat was, was clean. Coat. Hey, they don't hey look, they don't sell that Zara for a huncho. Yeah, I got my man's warehouse just hanging up in the closet, but I ain't had nowhere to go. Yeah, I want I got this maroon one that I'm trying to figure out where I'm gonna wear it. Got this maroon one. I want to wear it. You, you can uh, pull. You can pull a turtleneck off, hero. I don't got a neck for that. My neck too damn beefy. <laughs> I got that football neck. That neck <laughs> stretch out every shirt. You gotta wear it when you when you standing up. You take your picture. I just sit down. It don't matter. <laughs> yeah. Look, my brother. My brother. My brother closed on a house and a condo yesterday, so we just had at one of the at one of the joints right now looking at it. No, actually, to tell you the truth, guys, I was uh, I just finished looking up my course for the real estate program. Like, I really feel I'm really feeling that real estate thing. I'll be I have to go to Northwestern on the twenty. I have to go to Northwestern on the eleventh to go get my uh, vaccine. So, I'll probably look at some properties while I'm in Chicago. But yeah, I. I'll keep y'all updated. I'll probably I start my course too next month, so I'm gonna take the course. So I'm nationally the, the, and, and state qualified. Nigga closed. He closed yesterday on the house in the condo, and he already got tenants moving in this motherfucker oh, no. on the first. That's uh, what's up. Yeah. Oh, I like this yard. Ain't that? It is kind of big. The yard is kind of big though. The yard big. But shit. Uh, and Rob, where are you at? I'm at the Salvation Army now, uh, dropping off some of the stuff that I that I don't need. Oh, Ain't okay. nobody that tall out there. They're going to be cutting your shit up and making more clothes. How tall is Rob? Like seven feet. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rob was six. You what, six, seven, six, eight? How tall is he for? He's Rob is six eight. Six seven. Yeah, six seven. Can't hear you, Rob. Rob, we yeah, we can't hear you. Well, we seen your lips say seven, so we know what you meant. No, seriously, he's Rob is a six footer. Yeah, six seven. <laughs> wow, really? Did not know that. Hey, Rob ain't never stopped growing. <laughs> You on mute, bro. You on, mute. on mute. mute. Yeah, that's what his problem. He's on mute. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, six seven. Rob, you're six seven. That is shocking. Your pictures do not sell that. Yeah. Shit, I don't know how. Hey, hey, I... 
I stay around tall people. That's why. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I don't think Rob got, got six seven until he graduated. Dang, that's hey, that's right. And then uh, we sending out prayers to JB, man, hoping for a speedy recovery with the family. Yeah, we out here with the vid, man. We all right, so we got. Oh, y'all got the COVID? <laughs> like, y'all got the COVID? <laughs> y'all got the roll, 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 roll. Can you read? Oh, see. They don't want to read no books. <laughs> tell, them, tell them to get down, get down. Because I think this is this book is a book that we actually finished to read. And uh I really enjoyed this book. Like I took Black's advice and finally stopped taking that shit so literal. And that shit started to get like started to touch at the soul, man. I didn't realize how close it was to Islam, especially being a Muslim. Like I didn't realize that there'll be so many crossovers in the religion. But man, when I stopped trying to read this book for analytics, man, this book became a lot more interesting. I text I text Black this morning. I was like, "Hey, this book cold blooded." Cold, cold. The ending ruined it. Like it ruined me. Ruined. Oh, me. but like that's how you know. That's how you know the movie. The movie would be dope if they made it like nowadays. That's oh yeah. They'll be like, all right, at the end, at the end of everything, go back to where you started. Oh my goodness, that shit broke me up. I was, I got, because you, this book, I feel like no matter where you at, okay, wait, hold on, let's do the intro. This is the Books of Beyond Mail book club. Uh, as always, joined with JB, Rob, and Black. We are all scattered about, but uh, like I said, we couldn't wait another week to talk about this book, even if we had to. Like, this is the book, this is only going to be a two part for us. Literally, every book we've read has been at least four parts, but this book was so damn good, we finished it in two parts. But, uh, the last part we left off was on the is is him getting ready to make a crystal cell but i just want to talk a little bit about the impact of this book because i found myself being i said at the end of the last episode i found myself feeling like man i'm in my crystal shop right now i'm in this part where i'm just hustling trying to get everything sorted and everything sorted, and i've gotten to a point where i got everything i need and it's telling me go on to the next thing bro but i'm i'm good like I feel complete. I feel content, but this isn't where I'm supposed to be. And a lot of it just talks about how how comfortable mediocre being mediocre can be. How you can become so comfortable just being mediocre, and it's and it's not for everybody. For every CEO, there has to be at least ten janitors. So it's not for everybody. You can't diss people like that. But man, this book really spoke to me and, and the end message and just what's going on in my life right now and how it said, go back home, bro. Go back to where it started. Because for me to be trying to go to, you know, Texas again and all the money's pointing to, now nah, you got to go back to Northwestern, bro. No, I already, I already conquered that. Now nah, go back. Your treasure's over there. Go back. That's the part that kind of hit me. But uh we could get into it. How do we want to take this, man? Uh, do we want to start from the crystal shop and move forward? Yeah, because remember, when we left off, he, he was just getting over to the crystal, crystal shop, really, because he ain't even, you know, get hire new employees. He wants to start selling tea and shit right the time we was in there. Okay, okay. So then we can start with the crystal shop. And just to give a short recap, we were uh, basically leaving the uh, – letting the – the crystal salesman owner kind of learned a little bit about his property. He was so conflicted about where his property was. It was on top of the hill. 
It was, no one was walking by there. But, you know, they started selling tea. He made two sales once the boy got in there. Then he started selling the drinks out of the crystal and then sending it as a souvenir. And his business became lucrative. And then the, the, the crystal owner talks about his dreams. And I love how everybody who meets the boy is trying to tell this boy about his dream, uh, about their dreams and goals and aspiration, and how he wants to complete the five pillars of Mecca of Islam. And one of the pillars is going to Mecca. By the time the boy has told them to start selling crystals on the outside, the owner has already achieved enough money to go to Mecca, but he doesn't. Let's talk about why he doesn't go. Why doesn't he go, JB? He say, uh, say that he ain't got nothing else to live for, basically. But, <laughs> <laughs> that shit hurt. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine being in a world where you live your life just so you don't die? Like, j- you just, you don't want to accomplish nothing because you don't want that to be the end. That's right. gotta, that's gotta suck. Cause I, I don't, have, have you ever, has anyone in the group experienced that before? Not me. I can't speak for that personally. Not at all. No, I ain't never like that. Not at all. Too young, big dog. So then it begs the question: What? What? One? What happened to that man? What? What? What discouraged him to get to the point? Because the the pilgrimage to Mecca, you can do that more than once. Just like you pray and keep to the faith more than once you can do that every year year over year make it your goal to raise enough money to go on this pilgrimage and then hey get to you know what i think the the owner's problem he lacks imagination he lacks the vision to want to do more he say he he say uh i go there and then and then what you know i don't know what else goes beyond there is there something about being self-preservation or like a self-challenge like Okay, you went by yourself last year. Bring your wife next year. Like, is that not a possibility? The only dream he had was to to go. Like, so that's it. That's a lack of evolution. Then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it might have been a fear of losing what he got too. Like, if I go, is my crystal shop still gonna be here? Because he did. did he did he hire anybody else to run it? He started hiring more people, yeah. more workers. After he started going. He hiring people at the crystal shop. Okay, so like, so I think it's fear. This is an example of fear. This is an example of fear stunting your growth because th- there's no way in hell, like, for and this is why I think it's fear of him personally because he gave the boy the blessings to go, almost to say, "Go do it," because I'm too afraid to. Rob, what do you think? I think I think you hit it on the head. Um, it's interesting because, like, when I was reading that part, I was like, "Oh man, the shop has turned around. He 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 has a lot of people gainfully employed. They making money like crazy. Now he he's going to leave. I, I'm thinking the shop owner is going to leave and go to Mecca. And then he basically was like, "Nah, I'm, I'm still not going to do it. I'm like, "Oh, he tripping. He tripping. What it, what it is is everybody yeah, like remember what you said. Man, we were saying that earlier how people that like they didn't want to go through with their dream because after that what they gonna do next like what they gonna do after they they finally feel they dream okay so then i think before we push forward at passes what uh, everybody just quickly just mentioned a goal a dream they have 
And after accomplishing said dream, what would be next? And like, if you go, if it was a financial goal, if it was a, a life, uh, a physical goal, a, a health goal, whatever it would be, what would be your next goal after that? Because I think lack of fear stunts growth and lack of imagination, but I think it's also important to speak into existence what your goal and future goal should be. So real quick for me, I think a big goal for me would be uh, probably getting my second house and starting to rent out my first house and start making my fifth form of revenue to get to my total of seven. That would be for me. JB? For me, uh, to to open my own agency um, or transition my mom's, we haven't decided what financially makes the most sense. But um, And then after that, find another stream of income, and it'll probably be property. Um, so. Black, good smiling and answer the question. <laughs> I ask it again, bro. Let's just look here. Uh, if what's what's a dream or goal you have, and what after accomplishing said dream or goal, what would you want to do next? See, I ain't really like at this point. I ain't really dreaming for myself. I'm just more so seeing what the benefit of everybody else around me I can do. So as I'm progressing in life, what I can provide and do for other people while you know get better financially as far as that. So the big thing is just me um, with progression, bro, with whatever we're doing. We, we are, man, I'm going to tell y'all about this shit, but it's, I ain't going to get full detail. We're going to do this alkaline water venture that we're looking into. But I'll give y'all some more details later on. But, yeah, that's what's next right now. We're going to do it. How that shit? We should have that shit up by, by, by March, by February, March. He the king. He the king in the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Black, you are the king. Show, show off that breastplate, man. Rob, what about you? I think for me, my overall goal is to just make sure um, I want to leave an imprint on this world so deep that my name and my legacy lives on forever. And I aim for something that's vague, but it's something that's going to probably take me my entire life to achieve, you know? Okay, 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 okay. See, that's for me too, bro. Like, I want to, I want to make sure, like, like after me, like, cause I know, like, we can live, we can live decent how we is, like. But I'm saying after us, though, it gotta be better. We, we, we gotta work for that. Yeah, legacy, guys. It's about, it's about my kids and kids. Uh, you know, everything fall into place. I become a billionaire and I buy an NFL team. Now we talking. Don't, don't, hey, get the Bears, bro. Go ahead. You, I feel like you deserve that. And yeah. I, if you get the I mean, hey, if you get the Bears, I'll if you get the Bears, I'll personally make sure all my sons are your offensive and defensive line. I appreciate it, man. You got good genes. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to save the world. <laughs> so we then push forward to the the boy decides to leave, and he heads towards the port where he runs into a host of characters. And this is where the bulk of the story is going to take place. It's the journey from here on out until he gets, uh, until he gets, until he challenges the wind. But uh, this is going to be the bulk of the story where he is dealing with the constant back and forth of, does he keep going? He runs into so many distractions. Really in his journey, he runs into so many distractions. But the first one he meets is going to come in the form of 
getting with the caravan and meeting the Englishman. And the Englishman was, if I had to, the fact that they called him an Englishman was too on the nose. That's Western education, if I've ever seen it. That's Western imperialism. That's the Western culture. That's the Western way of life. That's always trying to stunt or reduce whatever outside knowledge because it's not written in a book. He nearly killed his camel trying to bring all his fucking books with him. Like, can we talk about how, or did anyone see the Englishman as something else? I just saw him as someone trying to come up. He was trying to get to the goal, right? Trying to turn the lead into gold. And he's like, everything else I really don't care about. I'm trying to get to the goal. Well, and this is also the first that was the first time we heard the word alchemist. This is what, the Englishman. The Englishman brought the alchemist up because that's what he was looking for. Yeah, he for. was the first person he brought up. he brought it up as soon as he met him. He's like, I'm here to look for the alchemist. And then Santiago, which is the boy, was saying how he had been reading about alchemists all his life. But I you know, has anyone here watched Full Metal Full Metal who had Full Metal Alchemist? The anime? It's an anime basically that talks about the Philosopher's Stone and the and their alchemist. And it's basically the model of that TV show is uh is they talk they talk deeply into alchemists and how everything is equivalent exchange. One uh, everything is equal. Like if you give if you bring the proper sources of something, you can create that something out of out of it. But basically I took a really vested interest in the word of alchemist because the elixir and the Philosopher's Stone are two major points that the Philosopher's Stone gives you the power to ignore the rule of equivalent exchange. So it was something really baffling about a guy who was so well vested in this book because I was like, damn, is is the Englishman me being ignorant to all the facts of the world and just wanting only the science and only wanting to get to the point and not really enjoying the journey because he was fucking miserable during this caravan. He was being mean to everybody and he didn't really want to talk to anybody. And and even Santiago even started to be like, okay, I don't want to bother him or I don't want to read my books to seem like I'm being associated with him because everyone on the caravan was kind of like a novice. No, see the Englishman was trying to he was trying to advance too fast. Too like, fast. Like he on the right path. Like like the what's name said, he's on the right path. He just needs to slow down, you know, focus on I think it's funny as fuck that the alchemist told him, No, just keep reading, bro. You're good. <laughs> he's on his ass, keep reading, you're good. <laughs> I'm like, damn, bro. Like, you ain't want to give him a hit? Just remember later in the book, he was talking about how people all were trying to skip over shit. They were trying to turn certain metals you know, yeah. too quickly and all of that yeah. shit. Yeah. So they, they miss out on what they were supposed to actually, their actual legend. Because everybody is not meant to find out, the, the, you know, the elixir of life and all that. And I think something that was also that stuck out to me was uh, the fact that uh, that the caravan leader told everybody like hey you know you can pray to whoever god you want to pray to i pray to allah but the moment you step on this on this journey you need to follow suit there ain't no going back you know and how he would dispatch people with haste and how like when they got closer to war they he started bringing up the fact like nah y'all gotta act right like you're you listen to what i say or you'll die on the spot this is the this was an example of me is the leap of faith just going out there and ju- and going for it. JB, like, what are some times where you've been put faced with that? Like, because let's say, I'm going to just, I'll use myself as an example first. 
so I, I hear people tell me all the time, like, man, your podcasts are really good. This and that you should go into it full time or you should do like an anchor ship on sports or whatever. And I'm like, damn, that's a high, that's a high compliment coming from a newscaster. But I never take that jump into doing it. Is it like, and once again, that's that fear. But when, when, name a time where you've been like, you told yourself like you had to take this leap of faith and didn't have to, and couldn't go back. Was there ever a time for you like that, JB? Um, it's not one recent, um, maybe since I, I left home and decided I wasn't going back um, until I kind of figured this out. And Rob, he went even further all the way to Cali. But uh, for me, it was, I know that when I decided to jump into this agency, like, that's going to be a, a leap of faith. I mean, I'm giving up a six-figure salary to to go and, and start my own agency, so. Okay, okay. Well, okay, then, Rob, talk about your leap of faith. I think my leap of faith would be initially, honest, to be honest, hey, I didn't want my girl to leave. So I'm like, hey, man, I'm about to go ahead and, and, and go to Cali with her. With the, with the thought in the back of my mind, it's like, man, I've established myself here in Chicago, but I've always wanted, in, in, in my heart of hearts, I've always wanted to live somewhere else for a little bit. So I'm like, man, I'm young. The worst thing can happen is I fail and I come back home to the cribs of Chicago, and hey, I can, I, I, I'll still have a job. I'll still be gainfully employed, so it's not the end of the world. So I just went with my move, but I didn't look back. And black ass and disappeared. Yeah, he ain't coming back. So then we move with the caravan, right? And there's stories and talks. Was there anything during the caravan before we get to the... Oh, Black. Black, tell us about yeah. your leap of faith. Leaving leaving the military to come home. So it was like, like they was always saying how, like, ain't nothing out there. You won't make no, no money, you know, no transition in life. Then I get out and then I make, you know, three, four times what I was making left. And I mean, are there any regrets for anybody thus far? Nah. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's a sign of that's a sign of direction. Uh, but so while we're in the caravan, we talk a lot about the the desert. But I love the way they describe the desert because if you told me I've been in two deserts in my life, and one of them was extremely miserable, but the second one was a lot more enjoyable than the first one, and it's because I feel like I had an experience. And they talk about how the desert's the ultimate teacher. And now, like now, looking back on that childhood experience, I can say, "Damn, I learned something so quick from that little march through the desert." And it made the second experience better, such as how I had to cover my face so that when the sand blows, it doesn't burn my skin. It was crazy the things I learned about myself uh, just revisiting those feelings. How do y'all feel the desert plays into this characteristics? Like, what is do you do you think the desert is a character in this? Because I think the the desert is like a journal because they were talking about how the footprints led everywhere. Like, it shows a footprint of where the people are coming from, but it also is cleaned up by the desert. Like, your tracks are covered, and that's why they never had to worry about being followed or being pursued. So, do, what what role does the desert play for you guys in this story so far? See, for this story, like, like everything plays a part because you learn, like, you, you're able to communicate with it. Like, he was learning the language of everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, he got to talking to the wind and right, shit like right. that. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just got to a point. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, even get to a point where everything was um he was talking to everything, the birds, the wind, the sun, and the earth, and then that's how he finally communicated with um the, the ultimate maker. I, uh, <laughs> I recently watched a video and he was talking about uh, mastering life um, and how he don't focus on like, you know, he's like, I read all these self-help books and tell you all these strategies on how to get better. And he's like, I don't focus on that. I focus on each of the moments that I'm in and how can I make each moment that I'm in better. And I think like the sand showed that in a way um, when he was in the sand, like, Okay, I had to, like you said, I got to learn how to be able to see in the desert because he said I couldn't see in the desert. Um, and, uh, and and I think that one of the quotes at that part, it was like life is a moment we're living in right now. Um, when he was in that caravan, I think that was a quote that I really took from that book is because, you know, at times life do kind of seem like a desert. Like you don't really see all the stuff that's in front of your face and you but you kind of just keep going right but you got to get good with what's kind of right in front of you um, and I think this whole quarantine has been that for a lot of people like you just got to get good with each moment enforce deep ball for sure Rob what about you I think for me the um the sound was symbolism was a symbolism while I was reading it uh there's really no need for you to follow in someone else's footsteps because the desert is going to clean that path up so you won't be able to see it. Create your You just went mute. Own path. You heard me? Start back. You said after the desert cleans your footprints. You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. We lost you after you said the desert cleans yeah. up your footprints. Yeah, I can. Yeah, so um, I feel like the desert was symbolism of not feeling the need to follow in someone else's footsteps because the desert is going to cover that person's footsteps so you can't follow it. But instead, it really pushes you and challenges you to create your own path. Definitely, definitely. And when they start worrying about the tribal wars, the the part, the tribal wars are the hurdles, once again. More hurdles, more distractions. But the boy at this point is is talking with the caravan leader and, and and his acceptance of death. He's like, you know, you can't take the money with you. What the present? The, there's no time like today to die if you had to die. And he just and I feel like the caravan leader was a representation for me of a person of a person who lives in the moment with no regrets. You have to be quite comfortable in order for you to accomplish what you're, you're what you're trying to do. You have to be prepared to lose everything, and it's that bullheadedness and fearlessness that gives people the ability to trust you. Your leaders are best. The best leaders are the ones who say, "Before before I tell you to run through this wall, I'm gonna show you how." So I, I really resonated with this father figure. And I feel like that's what the boy is constantly running to. And that's why they never really let us know his age. And he stays a boy the whole time because they talk, he grows over. This is a story over years, but he stays the boy. And I feel like this is a, an algorithm, uh, I was going to say algorithm, but allegory to being a father figure and the different aspects of being a father. Every person he runs into gives him a father figure tendon, the the king, 
follow your dreams. The caravan leader, be fearless in your dreams. The the Englishman, be educated in your dreams, but don't be too greedy. Like everyone has their has their plus and negative. So it was really amazing to see how each the caravan leader was. Yeah, have faith in God, but you also got to have faith in me to get you through this. Black? Say that again, bro. I was talking about how the king's out, like the king's purpose, like how everybody in the story seems to be a leader to the boy, a father figure to the boy. Like, can you talk about how the caravan, his fearlessness in saying like, hey, if we die today, there's no better time to die than the present. Like his unrelenting goal to constantly give to his people. Well, for me, I ain't gonna say everybody was his leader, but you like, just like anything, anybody you can learn from. So he was taking everything in stride. So he's like, I'm gonna learn from every situation and every event. So as far as him, like, like he was just a good soul. Because remember, we knew that from the jump that he was too good of a right person. Because of how he was and letting everything happen to him, like with the gate, he was too trustworthy and everything like that. But he didn't give up on who he was to become what he wanted to be. So I like that about him. Though. All right. So then we'll push towards the oasis. Unless anybody had anything else they want to talk about before they we got got to the oasis because we ran into they started mentioning the tribal wars were coming the englishman had was like at the end of his thing but something very interesting happened at the something very interesting happened when they got to the gate of the oasis they saw grass for the first time they saw trees and above all else i think it was crazy that they asked them to disarm themselves like you have to give up all your weapons and the englishman pulls out the revolver which caught the boy off 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 tilt. The English the Englishman is is a sign of not trusting. I, I I really don't like the Englishman in this story because I feel like he just embodies that Western imperialism. Like, does anybody have any feelings about the first welcoming to the gate? You said when they, when they, when they came over that um that army. The the arm no the gate uh, of the oasis the gate of the oasis is that after the army uh the army happened in the desert right because they ran into the army and that's why he had the um what he had to um make the um world's work win or some shit okay like, no, so that's win. before this is before so i'm talking about like I'm talking about when, like when he gets to the Oasis. That's when he meets Fatima. No, he met Fatima um as soon as he got to where where they were. Okay, okay, okay. When he yeah. first got to um, uh, the Oasis. Yeah. yeah. So, I just thought it was funny that uh, the first thing they asked him to do was give up all their weapons, and the Englishman pulled out the revolver. Like he just he just knew he didn't trust nobody on this trip. But like the Oasis is neutral territory. Can we talk about the importance of trusting the people you travel with? Like, is 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 how how much how trusting are are you of your circle? Basically, can we talk about that? But it wasn't a circle; that was just a caravan. So basically, you're just traveling with a bunch of people. You don't know yeah, what. But you still got to have a certain level of trust. I mean, you're going to sleep and expecting yeah, everybody to watch. Everybody got swords. They got their weapons. Everybody is just trusting the allies. Like the dude, the only person that you really can trust is the dude that's taking you over there because you got no choice. JB, what about you? 
Uh, I mean, I see the importance of trusting your circle. It was one of those situations where, um, like they, like they didn't know each other. You know, like they didn't, they didn't know anything about one another. Um, and then the Englishman, like he was, he was focused on, uh, he was focused on what he was focused on, like that, and that's all he was concerned about. Uh, so, and him pulling out that revolver was just a, another incident of. You know, if I if I gotta take care of me to make sure I'm still straight, I got y'all. Like I, I'm okay. <laughs> I got you. I love how he set up shop immediately and started work going getting to work right away. Like, and that's sort of where his story ends. Uh he sets up shop, he builds the little furnace, and he starts working on the alchemy right away. Uh, but for the boy, his adventure continues and it leads him to a well where he meets uh, Fatima and I gotta say was anybody else rooting for the the bakery girl the the wool girl from the beginning nobody oh, the else was rooting for, yeah was nobody else rooting for nah, her because I was rooting nah, for I, her originally when I read the book I got that name I was like damn okay that's who that's it so you know that was a different connection for me wait what was the girl's name did she have a name she was just the merchant's daughter. He never See, got her name, remember? Yeah, he never got her fucking name. Like, that's a, I should have known right then and there she wasn't going to be a main character. We didn't even get the English man's name. Like, we get nobody's real name in this story, and that's just further proof of not You don't really get nobody's name, like, because, like, like the, the, who their name wasn't the, had no importance. It's, it's the, the, it's the lesson they're trying to like, teach like, yeah. Like he talk, like the king told him his name just so he could tell other people. Just yeah. like just he wanted that little portion of his ego to exist so yeah. people can know about him. But he even mentioned how you would forget his name by the end of the conversation. And that shit show happy. Because I got to the end book and don't remember the king's name, but I do know about the king's breastplates, the two most important <laughs> things. Breastplates and, and the uh, and the original uh, yin and yang. She remember the whole time. We didn't know his like like for the, when I first read the book, I didn't remember Santiago's name, but I, I knew to think about that when I read it the next time. I'm like, man, what the fuck was his name? Because the whole time he the boy, he the boy. Like, he don't even come, he don't even become the man at the end. Exactly, he don't be he doesn't. I think the second part of this book of him going to go meet Fatima is the part. How important is it, uh, man? And this is, hey, you know what? This might be his own separate clip because there's something so fucking, especially with you guys in the group right now. There's something so fucking uh, calming about hearing how this woman, Fatima, came into this man's life, heard his story, put him on the brinks of everything. It was like, nah, bro, go go get your treasure, then come back and get me. How fucking great is it to have a woman that supports you in your life endeavors? Yeah. Not, not you, but your goals, like the idea of you. Black, but but she knew it. she 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 supported so much because she knew it too. Because now she it. told him like, yeah, my father went out to the desert plenty of times and always came back. Low, JB, as the as the as the as the token married man, how important is it to have that wife? That's just man, because I, I was this touched me, bro. Real talk, like this made me feel like like damn, like to have the knowledge or foresight to be like, no, go find your treasure and come back and find me. Talk, talk to us about this, man. I was, I was, I was reading this. I was like, "Well, she had really told me to go and then come back and <laughs> like that's a whole different, that's a whole different level." But um, 
to have to your question to your point to have a woman that that believe in your goals i couldn't have had it any other way and i think we talked about it before like um you know what kind of woman do you need and we talked about drive but also being able to see the vision that i got and support me uh you can't i mean you can't you can't replace that so hey would you as a as you the support that do you find that sometimes her drive and her support out uh, is on par with what you want? And like, is it strange to have someone wanting something for you as much as you want it for yourself? Do you ever feel like that duplicity of like, damn, you really on the team for me? Like, I appreciate that. Yeah, and it shows itself the most when you get to those points where you like, do I still want this? You know, like when it get hard and difficult, and she'd be like what are you talking about you know and that's that's different you know all right rob do you uh rob with the with the engagement ring out there in the universe man how how do you feel about this um when i was when i was reading the bible the team had told him go chase dreams and it reminded me of a conversation so me and my fiance actually had a conversation this week where uh both of us are trying to level up she does so we both do the same thing right and i was recently presented with an opportunity but that opportunity means it's going to be less time that i'm going to be present right and how is going to how is how things are going to shake out so we're getting married in may um the busiest time of the year for both of us is january through march right so january through march we're going to be super busy and then things are going to die down then we're going to ramp up for the wedding which is going to be in May, and then June, I'm going to be super busy again, and typically July onward, we really get to spend a, 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 a lot of time with each other, but this opportunity just showed up, and it's going to it's going to kick off around the July time, and I'm like, man, you know, this just came up, this is this is what I'm thinking, so on and so forth, and she, her response is, you better go do that, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we live. I, I venture to say, uh, as a, as the as the second resident hotep in the uh, ho, ho pimp in the group, uh, me and uh, Black, <laughs> uh, I re- I venture to say like there's a, I, I'm talking to a few girls here and there, but like there's a few girls that I like have put on these pedestals because they've come with that vision. They see they see the vision that I have out set out for myself and where I want to go with it, and they're not. And the second thing is. They're not afraid to be led. Uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily think it's important. I, I don't necessarily think it's important for you to live that old traditional lifestyle. But I think when someone's leading you, they're not leading you out of spite. They're leading you out of love. And I and one of my catchphrases to any girl who questions like, damn, like I ain't never been treated like this. I'm like, yeah, my love's heavy as fuck. It's not for everybody. It's just, you just, you ain't worked out as long as I have. I'm sorry <laughs> to hear it. Get your squats in. But my love is heavy as fuck. And I, I love putting that out there because I don't, I don't, I'm at the age, I'm 32, man. I've had my three sons. I've had my NFL uh, love doves and all that stuff. I'm looking for some shit that I can wake up to and and move forward with. So I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. And I appreciate you guys giving your perspective on that. Black, you want to talk about your Look, Black, you want to talk about your holes real quick? No, no, no. I always say when it comes to that, it's like when your dick stop working and who you wish you can't talk to, that's how you know you made a mistake in life. Man, 
And you basically gonna get too old. And now you're gonna have that motherfucker around you and you can't even talk to that. You're like, man, nah, I've been married to this bitch for all this time. Hey, don't worry. I'll write you the prescription for the Viagra pills, man. No problem. <laughs> I'll write the I'll write the pills out. I got I got I got them on back order. Let's whatever y'all need. And now she wasn't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, mama gonna be too old and, and, and fucking hurt and shit. They gonna be one of them young boys. You're like, now you gotta talk to her like um Billy D. You gotta be able to make her come off conversation. Bro, I was telling I was telling this this one patient like. I like he was like, yeah, man, I want to get some testosterone. I'm like, bro, the will is there, but he's he he out here blowing out muscles and pectorals and hamstrings. And I'm like, bro, you ain't got the muscle mass to do this shit no more. You might have the pill to make it hard, but you ain't got the back no more. That shit's over with. He had to get a that man needed a hip replacement because the girl jumped on him too hard. I was just like, Yeah, your days is over with, bro. It'd be uh, crazy, like motherfuckers be going out, be doing that, like like I don't work out, but I know I know the basic of certain shit. I've been telling people like, yeah, you can't work out the same thing every day, bro. You gotta you expand that muscle, you let it relax, and then you expand it again. Like you don't keep overstretching. I'll be like telling people like, yeah, they're gonna work out the same thing every day. I'm like, all right, when your ass pop, I'm going the right way though, right? It's crazy. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm excited to get this vaccine shot so I can go back to the fucking gym. But um, let's talk about uh, the I I feel like at this point. Um, him he meets the alchemist. Uh, actually, like the the the, the lady yeah, points out the alchemist because he keeps going to the river to the well to meet the alchemist, and he finally meets the alchemist, and they like examine him, and it, the examination of the alchemist is very strange because he has a stone smaller than an egg and a bottle with an elixir, and they tell the story of the alchemist how he's a man who's lived for over two hundred years. And how uh, he travels the world, and uh, basically the they're telling the story of Joseph when how Joseph met met Jesus, and how he traveled to find Jesus to heal one of his slaves. I mean, one of his uh, servants. And by the time he found Jesus, he was like, "Oh, you already made this journey to find me, or whatever." But I knew you was coming, so I already healed your homeboy. You can go back home. And when he went back home, his servant was fine. Like. The, the trial by fire and to walk with faith. And like, if someone came up to you and it's so crazy how, in retrospect, when I think about it, how crazy that when people come up to me like, who is this man? Oh, I'm an alchemist. What do you do? I turn lead into gold. And people laugh at him. But they laugh at him like, <laughs> okay, is this motherfucker for real though? Like, is he crazy? Like, I love the way that you can't. And they, they helped him out. They helped him back. Like, yeah, they, they helped, helped him out, out too. People, people disbelieve. It's, it's something about you don't have to believe in my dreams. You just have to know I'm going to go get them. So that was what I took away from that, man. You don't need nobody else to believe in your dreams but you. Is that what we took from here? Rob, I hear you. you Rob? Right. Right. All you need is yourself. In that belief. JB? Yeah, one thing. Yeah, one thing I kind of noticed about studying while studying business, watching business, like, and you look and people have outside the box ideas and that people say never gonna work. But those are the people that typically work because they believe so hard. You know, it's a different type of belief. Um, and that's what people follow. 
It's like, if you believe like that, like you think about Steve Jobs and the Mac uh, computer and, and some other people that's out there, but it's like, uh, you, you get surprised when they don't fail. And then it's like, oh, well that didn't fail. So now all of a sudden they got support. Like, oh, yeah. that's gonna work. I always tell, uh, they, I love this one stock company, uh, they're Fisker, uh, they're an electric car company, but uh, there's, they have another stock sister company. But basically, they told anybody who bought their stock on day one that they would hit IPO, that once they hit a million dollars in profit, they would get, they'll each get 3%. And I think like four, like 40 people bought it, and all 40 of them are now on the board. And it's so fucking crazy. It's just like, it's, it's hard to believe in other people. And this is what I've gained from it. It's hard to believe in other people when you don't really trust it, believe in your own ideas. Like when you tell, when you pitch an idea to somebody, somebody came to me and was like, hey man, I want to start a podcast. Like I literally brought you, I forced you guys into the podcasting world with me. Like, and it's just because I don't have any friends in this world. It's so lonely for me, like, because I'm a creator, but the only time I want to talk to about creating is always, well, you got to be into rap music or you got to be into this. And I'm like, well, I'm not a rapper and I don't know how to produce music. I could learn that stuff, but that's not what I'm passionate about. But I would love to have a community of people I could talk to about the things that I enjoy doing. So whenever I brought you guys into this and it was like, I could just, I remember watching the first like three episodes and where it's like, I couldn't get y'all to say a word to save my life. Like y'all just wasn't saying shit, but it was because y'all weren't into this family. You weren't, you weren't realizing that truth, but now you guys have an identity. You have a voice for yourself, but I thought, I believe that honestly came from watching me like, okay, hero believes in this and hero enjoys doing this. So I'm going to, Hey, we're going to do this book club thing. And this is the bare minimum for hero to do it. I'm going to let him do it. So like, I think it's in order for you to believe in other people's dreams, you already have to have big dreams of your own. Yeah, it was a line in the book. It said, we are not fear the unknown if we are confident in who we are. Um, and that, that line hit me because it's a lot of people that's just worried about the future and worried about this and that and what's going on. And I honestly, I get a lot of people that's like, why are you so like mild temper, mild man? And it's because I, it probably do come from that confidence. Like whatever happened, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. No, it, it, it doesn't even matter. How how do you how do you feel about black when it comes to figuring out when shit gets real? How do you feel you handle those situations? You say to me? Yeah. Stuff, I feel like stuff gets tough for me. Yeah. How do you how do you handle the shit when shit gets real for you? What's that accident? Yeah, man. I'm some I'm some motherfucker. I manage my temper and. and and everything so well now, bro. So I, I go about everything just like it, like if it's anything else. Just if it's something easy, I go about it the same motherfucking way. I don't get um, overworked about pretty much anything at this point. And Rob, speak on. You can speak on this, but I also pose the question to the whole group. Uh, what do you think helped you come, come to, like gather yourself, become more composed? What was the, what was something that helped you become more composed? But Rob, you can speak on. How do you? handle your stresses yeah so I'll, I'll touch upon both of them um the first with the first one what i typically do is honestly before i make a decision i think about the worst thing that could possibly happen and i ask myself am i cool with that mm-hmm. and when the answer is yes i just i just go through life and 
if something were to happen, it's like, oh, that's fine. That's fine. And then with your with your with your latter question, I think for me, um, I typically I typically or what I would attribute it to is my life experiences. I feel like I've experienced a lot of pain early in my life. So like now, like when work when 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 things happen unforeseen, it's like, oh, things could be a lot worse, so I can't trip over this, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it's it, life in general. Yeah, it, it's what, you know, I don't say it out loud, but it's what makes me, I feel like, that much better in corporate when something go down than, than my counterpart. Because, like, y'all be tripping about that. I'll be like, that ain't nothing. You know, like, we everything can be fixed. I done seen things way worse than that, you know, or, or vice versa, and just being able to do life, so. Black, what about you? So I'm say that again, Black. How do you? How do you? When? You, when how do you feel you handle your adversity? Like you, you've had it go on and go through. But what makes you so composed when you're dealing with your adversity? Yeah, I'm trying to see what color, hey, hey, color scheme. For me, I, like I said, bro, I, I learned to so manage that shit, especially like that, that's that's like room to being a motherfucker and having to go through what I was, you know and be okay and get through that shit. So if it ain't as bad as being bombed, my nigga, I'll be just, I'll be cool, bro. <laughs> hey, facts. <laughs> Yo, real life. That's as real as it gets. And no, Rob, Rob, real life 50 cents, so yeah, he just seen it all. Rob, Rob, I've learned so much about Rob today, and it's just blowing my mind. I didn't even know Rob was taller than me. That's crazy. Uh, but we now face we're now faced with the with the turning point in the story. There, the the alchemist is teaching the boy a lot about the journey, and we're kind of skipping over the journey part of the alchemist. But I feel like you have to read that and interpret it yourself. Like that, the conversation they have about healing and being one with the world, and like how the how the world is the soul. I think you have to really take that and read that on yourself. But the part that kind of stuck out uh, was talking about the two bird, the two hawks, the two birds that were in the sky, and how from that he pulled a conflict was coming, because something about the oasis they take all the weapons at the door. The oasis is like uh, Poland; it is 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 neutral. You can't fight there. You can't bring any outside business there. So even if there's a war going on on the outside, everyone can come there to rest. And I love how. I love how like he ran into this situation and had this prediction and the alchemist who was in the process of teaching him how to be an alchemist was like, no, go run on this. Let, go follow this through. And he went to the high council and the high uh, council. You said when he's saying those birds and yeah. then we had to go. Yeah. You knocked out. So he I, went I to the high council. I don't, I don't know how I felt about that because uh, that's like your teacher telling you now, nah, bro, like, we're going to pause your lesson for you to explore this out. Like the liberal effects of it, like it speaks so much to me, but how I don't see that anymore. I don't see our teachers, not even our teachers to speak of, but like just us as adults, letting kids go out there and kind of figure it out on their own. Like, no, run with this idea and supervise. Is there ever been a situation that you've just felt like, man, 
I wish I had rant someone to like kind of follow me through this, but because I didn't have that that Overwatch on me, I didn't feel comfortable doing it. You know, uh, it remind me of when I first went away to school a little bit, because like you know we talked about it, I think on another episode. Like I didn't know what what studying and all of that meant, and you yeah. get out of school and you like for real lost, like because yeah. you haven't had that opportunity. Now, flip side, all the way to where I'm at now in my career, I seek out mentorship a lot. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of them say they use the language drive our relationship. So that's one of them. Like, what is your idea? What do you want out of this relationship? Drive our relationship uh, to spending time together. And the other thing is like where I'm at in my job. If I come up with an idea, my manager's like, all right, I need you to run with that same sort of idea. And the first time he did it, I'm like, what? Like, I got that kind of leeway because you don't know that you have that sort of uh, power until it's given to you. What about you, Black, in this situation? How do you feel about uh, something that you, like, uh, for example, you and your boy, your brother, y'all here running these houses. What was the initiative for that? Did you guys just come together and say, yeah, let's do this? Or did it take, like, one of you pulling or pushing the other to kind of pursue it? Oh no, I'm just going along for the ride, but he do his own shit. So for this for this shit, yeah, he do his own thing. But I just go learn, huh? go around, you know, learn learn the steps of everybody, what everybody doing. So that way fucking So in, in other words, you're just preparing yourself for when you're ready to take this. Exactly. Okay, okay. And what about you, Rob? How do you feel about this notion? Have you been in this predicament? I don't know if he know he on mute or if he even like. There you go. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. What What was the predicament again? I was just saying, like, how do you feel? Like, so you're you're basically you're trying to push yourself to do something, but you didn't have someone kind of over, like, uh, like someone to support you on the back end side. Did you still feel the confidence to go do it on your own, or or what was the predicament that you found yourself in? Yeah, I feel like, um, honestly, it, and this is what, so, like, early on, I wasn't a Nipsey Hustle fan, but uh, when he, the day he dropped Victory Lap, February, I believe it was February 16th, right? I listened to the, I listened to the complete album, and, like, after listening to that album and really listening to what he was saying, I went to his earlier body of music, and he spoke a lot about you have to go through all the motions. You can't skip a step. And mm-hmm. to your question, I feel like, if I were to have that person, it would be to help me avoid steps that I probably needed to go through. But do you feel like there's such thing, even if you do do all the steps and not accomplish it, is there is there a time, is there a breaking point where you got to be like, all right, you got to try something else? Oh, yeah, there's, a, there's always a point where you probably need to pivot. But I feel like as long as you're alive, you can achieve something. So just if you if if you if you tried something away, that don't mean hey I, you shouldn't pursue that whatever that goal is. You may have to pivot and try to pursue that a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then let's talk about a little bit about his prediction. He, he gets to the high council and there's immediately tension, and they talk about the alchemist and how he has this vision and. The 
And for him to be a foreigner, that was something else. And they really talk a lot about the desert and how the desert talks and how the desert trained the foreigner to uh, learn how to think. But I also love the fact that they didn't make the boy a know-it-all because they were speaking a form of Arabic that he didn't understand right away. But he could understand temperament. And they basically told this man, they told this boy, hey, yo, if you're right, not only if you're right, we're going to give you 50 gold, uh, gold, 50 gold for each head that rolls. We're also going to give you a spot on the high council and you'll never have to worry about a thing in your life again. But the counter is, if you're wrong, we're going to kill you. And I was just like, all of this dude was trying to do was, was warn you guys, give you a heads up about something that could possibly happen. And it, and this was a steep crime. Like, that's like me saying, hey, this might happen. And I just want y'all to know about y'all safety. Why do you think the toll was so steep for him trying to do the right thing? JB? You talk about when they came to attack the town and he told um, the council. Yeah, why did the high council make this such a big deal for him? Yeah, He, he was trying to do the right thing. But they didn't know that. So they don't know him from a can of paint. So they're like, all right, since you're really down for it, you believe this, you, so in order for us to believe you, we're going to have to test you, you know, test you out. So like, for, in order for me to believe you, if we don't, if we don't yeah. nobody attack us, we don't use all our weapons, whatever we don't use, they'll get used on you. JB, do you think that's fair? I think that was the time. Like, I took this to be like a very old book. Yeah, like, sure. like uh like Pharaoh type back sure. then. So I took it to be like but they did have guns too though, so it wasn't they had that, guns. That they old... had guns. A but revolver I, at that. Yeah, he had a revolver, but I just I don't know why, but I took the book to be in that kind of time. For sure. And uh I just took it to be like that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Like we don't trust you, and if this Do you is think there's something to be benefited from that, like uh, before you give like say uh, I think a, a great action is this is done in business like people who pay half up front like no I want you to know that this is real is this what this is like no you gotta put up something for us to kind of have faith in you is this what this is yeah they I mean they trusted him with a lot right now so um, yeah you got for us to put that kind of faith in you yeah you gotta show like you not just making this up you know, you're not just just talking. I love how this then turned into the second time in his the, the second time in his life where he was hit with the situation where he was he was good. He would have been good for the rest of his life. He would have had money. He would have had the wife. He would have had everything he needed, just like when he was at the crystal. But once again, the alchemist comes through. And this is great because the teacher realize he's needed again it's sort of like the king said i only show myself when you need me and even though it's not the king being himself he sent his messengers in his place the alchemist comes back and says nah bro we got to go back we got to go to egypt and he's and the boy's like no nah, i'm good i'm gonna marry fatima i'm gonna have all the things like go ask her what she's gonna say and sure enough she told his ass get your ass back in the desert they, like I love it. This is the part where it's like, damn, it's speaking to me again. This book is speaking to me again because what is enough? 
what do you really deserve in this life is what this book is trying to tell, teach us what, what it is. The question is, what is that? What, what is your end game in this? And there was, and for me to now fall in victim twice to this, like, okay, bro, you good. Go back and get your sheep the first time, but look how far removed we are from the sheep now. Like you got enough gold that you out here buying people sheep to do you favors. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it constantly levels itself up. What do you think the message is in that when the alchemist returned? I think, uh, I think it was showing like we all got, you know, to what you was talking about too. Like we all have our things that we have to accomplish and that we supposed to accomplish. And there's going to be things along the way that seem like this is it. Like, Oh, I'm set. I'm straight. But uh, there's always going to be that something that reminds you, like, there's a bigger picture out there. And I think about myself and where I'm at in my life. Like, if I wanted to, I could be, I'm cool. Like, we don't need to do nothing else. We straight. Um, But I know what my goal is and what my ambition is um, and what I'm trying to accomplish. So it's like, this is not enough. Um, And that's kind of like my alchemist, so to speak. Black, who's your alchemist? Shit, life itself, man. At this I'm point, I'm just fucking. Shit. Oh yeah, I'm just because since like we had a time where every, like we can't create something right away, like like right now, like inventions are fucking low. So yeah, you know, it's like now it's just master something and then make it better. So it's just like I'm just following the steps of a lot of people to put put forth, man. trying to make that path bigger. I literally think about that every day. I watch Shark Tank all the time. Like, what can I invent? Everything invented, man. <laughs> what is that? The, 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 it's the age-old question. What do you give to somebody that has everything? Man, I'm thinking about it all the time. And then you see, like, some little small invention made out of plastic or something. You be like, God damn. <laughs> I couldn't think of that <laughs> shit. <laughs> what about you, Rob? What is your alchemist? Of the black, I think it's life, life past and past experience, as well as um, the shortfalls of the people closest to me that are a bit older than me. And that's an interesting. If I had to pick my alchemist, I think my alchemist would have to be uh, regret or pain. I think I, I look at alchemist as a teacher, and the thing about Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, they lost it's about two brothers and they lost their mother to a disease and the the gist is basically equal and opposite you can all things everything is equal in life so they figured out they they measured out the exact weight height nitrogen how much carbon they needed how much hydrogen they needed they measured it all out perfectly to make a human body and then they put it all together to create her body and it wasn't enough because they needed a soul. And then when, they, and then when they tried to attach the soul to the body, they was like, Oh, y'all got to give us something else. And they're like, what do you want? So they took the dude's arm in exchange to attach the soul to the, the body, even though the body didn't have a formation. So it took the soul of his brother. So he lost his body. Now he doesn't have an arm. And it was like, okay, I don't want this anymore. And he was like, all right, give us his, give us your leg and we'll give you your brother's soul back. He's like, can I have his body? No, you're going to have to make a new one. So he put his brother's body into a suit of armor. And like, so now that's their story that they're just trying to now get back to neutral. Just give us our bodies back and we're good. 
So that's what the journey is all about at that point. It's a great story. It's a great anime. I love it to death. But it just makes me think about like, the more we try and take from this world, something else has to take its place. For every a dollar I earn, it's the amount of time I've lost. So like, what is that equal exchange for you? So we push to the, the, the really the, the heat of it. The battle happens. He was right. He gets the goals. He gets the riches. And now he's faced with another dilemma. He's about three days away from hitting the pyramids, but he has to travel through a war zone. And in this battle, in this process, the alchemist gives him a, a realistic view. He says, no, there's a good chance we're going to die here. We're, we have to walk through two enemy camps and we're going we're gonna to have a, like our, our camels, our sheep. They talk about the camels and the horse and how their, their lifespan is a quick trick, how the camels die quick and the horse will slowly start to die. What did, what was that? A, did anybody take anything from the camel story, the camel and the horse story? Didn't he tell him to get rid of his camels and get a horse, right? Yeah, he told him to get rid of the camels to get a horse. Because the camel ain't going to let you know when he's sick. He's just going to just die. But the horse <laughs> will let you know when he's getting when he's getting tired and stuff like that. What, what was that? What was that? Algorithm? I keep saying, I want to say algorithm. Allegory too. What was that allegory too? Was, is, did, was there anything in your life that you just say like, oh, this is going to be old faithful? I take that to be a car. Something that, <laughs> yeah. like... Man, you just swear up and down, man. This car is gonna get you there. That's that's basically any old car that don't have nothing, nothing to tell you that what's wrong with it while you driving. Like ain't no check engine lights and shit like that. You just drive it and that motherfucker just break down. Hey, it's like new cars yeah. that you know when the tire pressure low and shit like that. And so like, speaking uh, about upgrading, let you know when a car next to you. Yeah, <laughs> your new cars that you know when the car you can't see the car and see like the car is there. There's something behind you, fool. <laughs> It'll stop for you now. Uh, you ain't gonna hit the brakes. I got you, bro. <laughs> so I think, yeah, you're right. I think that's an allegory to like just leveling up and becoming better at, you know, uh, take getting better at quality of life and taking advice from people. Like I, I'm out here two wheel drive in the snow. That's not a good idea. Hero, go get you a four wheel drive car. You all right, bro? Huh? Like, as long as you know how to drive, it don't matter if it's two wheel, four wheel drive, bro. I hate when people be thinking like. Because you can, you can, you can, you no can, joke though. You yeah. can be stuck in the snow and four wheel drive because I've seen women do it. <laughs> why you put women out there like that? Though? Why, why you had to put the women out there like that? <laughs> hey, black, we try to get our viewership up. Come on, man. Man, ladies, you don't have to hit the gas that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so. The first interaction they come in with the tribe, they have they meet the tribe dude, and this is you have to remember, this is important to the story. They run into the tribe and they tell them dismount and get off the horses and you know talk to them, and they search them, and this is the first time they really talk about what's in this dude's bag because every day he sends the the hawk out to go get his thing, but before that they talk about the snake. Uh, the the cobra that was biting his hand his arm when he went into the thing because he asked the boy to find life and the boy pointed to the rocks. How important was it for us to see that he could survive being bit by a cobra? Does this put does this give him truth to his story, or are we along the lines of believing that he called the alchemist? Yeah. 
Did, did he buy them? Did he say it actually bit him or tried to buy them? Yeah, well, I mean, you put your hand into a black... The boy assumed it bit him. But, I mean, a, yeah. if you put your hole into a black hole and a cobra, you pull a cobra out, I'm assuming you got bit, bro. And he winced that. But you like, you know how, like, some, some people that, that fuck with snakes, they know that, like, how they move when it comes to the snake is how they can grab it. Like, if you ain't, like, lunging at the snake, but you just, slit, like, simply sliding in and grabbing it. Because, you know, if a snake ate, it's not going to eat more. Even to protect itself, like you, if you ever had a, a pet snake, let's say you have a pet snake and you feed that motherfucker a rat or two, and then you put two more rats in that, it won't eat the rats. But like the next time you come, those rats will have e- eaten that snake for survival. Yeah, yeah. So like they don't, they don't really just attack like that because once they done eating, they cool. Some of them, you know attack to protect themselves, but if if you're not actively actively threatening them. They'll just let you go about your, your day and, and bite bite away at their ass. That's crazy. I seen that happen to my boy. He had a he had a snake and he put some mice in there. And, and he was like, he, he ain't hungry. And instead of taking him out, he left him in there for later. And he came back and them, them mice ate his snake. What about you, Rob? Uh would are you taking that leap of faith? Putting your hand in that uh, black hole to pick, pull out a, a cobra. Oh wait, we lost. Uh, we, oh yeah, we lost Rod. Yeah, he back. Oh, there, he there you go. But yeah, so then let's push into the axle now. I mean, that's it's sort of the leap of faith question all over again. So you want to hit? Yeah. To, you want to? But it wasn't to... for him though, because he have he ain't had a boy do it. He did it himself. Like he he just wanted him to find like life. He can go right. out there and find life. Then boom, he do that. Shorty was special. Yeah, Shorty was special. So then let's talk about the first encounter with the with the first tribe uh, tribe, and how they kind of found it funny but scary. These these warriors are afraid of sorcerers. They yeah. don't they don't fuck with them like. I don't see them like they have no like they laugh and chuckle at like his story, but like it's sort of that that thing of like if someone's too little to understand your dream, of course they're not gonna be a threat to you. And he talks about the confidence of looking at a person in the eye and telling them with conviction, "This is what you want to do." That you can convince anybody of what you want to do as long as you look them in the eye with conviction. And I, and this story kind of like this po- section tells it. Like, is there anything that you've ever told somebody with conviction that they didn't take serious before, Black? Remember, you're being recorded, Black. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, nah, not really, bro. Like, like, like I've been pretty much a a straightforward person majority of my life. So like, shit, all of it ain't like if I'm gonna say something to you, I'm like. I don't know if I ever got to a point where, like, I really, like, I'm not that big of a, I'm going to say something to you before I do something. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just going to happen. Because I've came home and I've told my, my, my homies, like, let's do this together, do that together. And motherfuckers ain't make no moves. And I just made my own moves. What about you, Rob? I think similar to Black, I'm going to take my mask off so you can hear me. Similar to Black, um, I've never been a big talker. I'm gonna show you, and then once I show you, then we can talk. I'm actually I'm results oriented first because I feel like the result is going to naturally gravitate to a conversation afterwards. Like, damn, how you do that? I bet. Let me show you. Well, let me show you. All right, all right, JB. 
Yeah, I don't think – I think we got enough talkers in this world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and people that talk about stuff too. Word, words of Dr. Uma. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think people who talk about a bunch, they really ain't doing nothing. So, um, also – Part of it is like I don't like to say I'm gonna do something. Things happen and then I ain't done it, so it's like oh, I hold myself to that same standard. So, okay, okay. There's a part of me that thinks a certain level of planning and uh, preparation goes into that. I mean, simple planning is always gonna be acceptable, but they they let them go with the guise of believing that they have no interest in. But this kind of acts as a counteraction because. They now have been seen with the enemy and they are now being perceived as spies when they get caught by the opposite tribe. And the opposite tribe, this is where the story kind of comes full circle. The opposite tribe is like, oh, you're you're the alchemist. He's like, oh, yeah, we know. I've heard of alchemists, the chief, the chief warriors. Oh, I know about alchemists. You know, I heard they're people of great powers. It's like, so who are you? Oh, I'm. he's an alchemist, too. Oh, okay. So what's he doing? But he's special. I'm not special. And he said, "What? It's like, why aren't you special?" It's like, "Well, this is all the money I have." It's like, "Oh, okay, we'll take that too." And he says this shit, and it blows my fucking mind. He was like, "We've given you our life and our money. Isn't that enough for us to leave?" And it's like, "You can't give me shit you didn't have in the first place to give." And that shit sent chills up my spine because my guy thought like, "Oh, we're gonna use the same trick and tactic we used on the first people." To get out of this one, we showed them yeah. our hand. We showed them we're not a threat, and he, he was still like, "Nah, bro, make that win change, bro. Change it to win." It's like, and if I don't do it, you lose life, bro. He gave you everything. No, you didn't have nothing to give me. I took your chain. He deboed that shit, and that's what made me laugh. Like, damn, yeah. this dude is a beast. So I like this. I like these type of bad guys because they're not just mindless hey, bad but- guys. And you paid attention to how the other people felt like, like when he got that wind blowing, so he had the other leaders that was he like, was like, a little scared. Be, oh yeah, I'm gonna keep remembering like, this. I'm gonna yeah. remember that because after this is all said and done, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, I like this type of bad guy, but like the, the wind changing wasn't even him changing the wind. It was just him talking about his manifestation. He was learning the communication. He full circled had. The trifecta of earth, soul, and body. He, he he connected on those levels. It was a prayer. It was a prayer of of of, of learning and of, of accepting. And I feel like the story kind of veered off at this point because I was hoping for a magical answer. But it so it you turned, felt like that, like what was going on was a prayer versus sorcery, or him becoming? I like, think it was more of a prayer thing. He had a legend to get to find treasure, yeah. but all the time he's becoming an alchemist. The whole oh yes, this story for the moment he left that fucking uh led his sheep away from that 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 stable, his journey began. Yeah. Because the first thing they mentioned was the thing that he had to go find. It was in the and, and the way it happens, we're gonna get to it. But I love how this part you get to this part where it's I I, I wanted I wanted it to stay in a little bit of a magical space because yeah. or spiritual space because i felt like it was more of a prayer like you have to talk to a higher power in order to achieve something unless you guys got something else from that but like him him communicating with the wind you know the, like the earth and all that shit it, it was different from prayer because 
he was trying to get them to get him to connect him because to a higher power. So he's like, since you don't know, since you've never seen it or, or been through it, who have you know, connect me with so and so, so I can see it. And they like fuck it. The wind was so intrigued, like fuck, I'm about to, I'm about to introduce you to the sun right now. And then yeah. I'm gonna let the sun, you know, yeah. show you. And then the sun was so intrigued, like God damn, let me fucking talk to the earth, like fucking. Like, I gotta go holler at the big man myself. Yeah, that's all. Like, they, let's all go down there and holler. Because he was speaking to start, like he was telling them so, like so since like he was like he knew like that it was possible. So he was like, yeah. So they're like, man, I gotta see because I ain't never known that. And I've been from east, west, north, and south everywhere. So I, we got to talk to somebody who know more. All right, all right, JB. Did you have any feelings on this? Y'all hit it all right there um, on that one. All right, all right. Then let's push to the final, the final segue before the big twist. He gets to the fucking. They he creates the wind, obviously, and they let him go, and they even escort him to the place he wants to go to. And right then and there, the alchemist cuts him loose because the alchemist so, said, "So, so we gonna skip over him talking to the sun about love and everything." I, I felt, I, but I want to bring that up. I want to bring that up when he actually figures out at the end where he's like, "I'm coming for you, Fatima. I'm coming back to you." Because the sun yeah. was like. She's she's already there waiting on you. Like I feel like that was a rehash of the story. If you want to speak on it, speak on it, Black. No, I was just saying that was just deep because the son was like, you know, speaking of, on love and shit like that. It, it, and and the, the the different emotions that he was getting from each season, like each, each you know, not even season, but you know, the perspective. Yeah, because these niggas talking to the earth and the sun and, and then the wind. I just found it fascinating. For each one of them had a different message. Yeah, and because they, of what they've been through. Yeah, based on what they've been through. So, like, and, I, and, I, and I'll tie that back full circle. So, he gets there, and the alchemist kind of bids him for what farewell. And the alchemist talks about, the boy now is talking like, but I don't know how to make the elixir. I don't know how to turn lead into gold. And he's like, well, that's not for you to know. That's for me to know. Like, that that was my goal. That was my mission. You are out to find a treasure. And the boy was like, I bet. So what should I do now? And it's crazy how he just saw the pyramids and started crying. And from those tears, he was like, okay, I'm going to just start digging here. Yeah. And he's like, he like, look, I'm going to give you enough gold because I got to pay you back for the money the gold you gave them. I got to pay you for this. And I got to pay you because, you know, now you got something. But then he get there and then somebody else robbed his ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They rob him and beat his ass. How, 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 okay. When he got his ass beat, I was like, damn, did they just send my ass on? How, how many of us thought he was sent off right then and there? Like, I'm about to die. And then he like, dude, like, um, stop. He like, cause he, cause he heard the treasure thing. He like, yeah, I heard about this treasure too, but I ain't find it. So you just gonna waste your time. I'm gonna let you try to live to, to figure out that, that, that disappointment. And then yeah. he fought, that shit, that shit just was cold, bro. And this, and that's the twist. The twist was the bandits who caught him, they made him dig. They were like, all right, this guy's a fucking idiot. And the boy was like, no, I, I believe this. This is true. And they were like, yeah, motherfucker, somebody else told me that there was a treasure in a far land in a barn in a stable right underneath this, this special type of tree. And I, and, and the, and the, and he tells him the story of his life in one sentence. My journey wasn't to go find that treasure it was to realize that i'm not dumb enough to go find some fake treasure yeah. which is also a story in itself like some people the dreams that people the dreams we have could crush other people 
And you got to be okay with that. You got to be okay with being able to go out there without nobody to to vouch for you. The Alchemist literally paid this man for uh, an escort to allow him to see other forms of Alchemist. The Alchemist didn't even put him on game. Like, I just want to see what other type of Alchemist is out there. So Alchemist can also talk to nature. I didn't know that was a thing. I just turned shit into gold. That's my life. That is it for me. But the fact that this dude who was a bandit, who abandoned his dream and told him, like, yeah, I had the same motherfucking dream, bro. And I and my lesson from that dream was don't go out here chasing dumb shit. Right then and there, he knew he had to go back home. And that shit really brought me, like, hit me emotionally because it's like, how how many people out here in this world are like really fighting for their lives, pursuing something, chasing this thing, ignoring all the signs that are telling yeah. them to go back to where you started? But like, that, but no, that was like, I the whole journey was it was all meant to happen. But then definitely. now he get that, and then he like, okay, I forgot what told him at the end what to go back home, like to him to learn that. Was it the bandit that because that, that the bandit had a dream about where this treasure was by a tree, right? Yeah, and it was the same tree in the beginning of the story yeah. in the stable. I was so fucking pissed. Like I was like, not even pissed. Like I was just ecstatic. I was like, damn. Like that's that's gotta be something out there because like when you when you really out here traveling and doing your whole damn thing, it doesn't necessarily mean come back home. But don't forget where you came from. Don't forget yeah. what started it all. But for it's you. also like, like people go out to search for stuff. Like, like people would leave a place and go to another place to find something that was already where they were. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like people were like, I'm gonna leave Chicago for better. Like, you just gotta want to be better. Period. Regardless of where exactly. you fucking going. Be better. Be better first, then leave. How about yeah, that? Yeah, they want to. They they want. They feel like going to a new place is where better is. Like, you just gotta be better where the fuck you are. You gotta improve mentally. Yeah. <laughs> But for some people, it take a different environment. Like, they leave... Okay, for me, like, they will leave their environment, go to the same type of environment, but since they don't know anything or know anybody, they don't get exposed to everything that they would get to at home. I tell them that all the time. Like, you don't know how bad Atlanta could be because, nigga, you ain't got no friends in Atlanta. So all your social media is full of people from your area and around your city. So you're going to see everything that's going on there. You move to Atlanta, all your Facebook friends still are in Chicago. So you think, oh, Chicago got shit bad shit going on. But niggas dying on the next block from you, but you don't even know because ain't none of them your Facebook friends. You don't know them. So you don't know you, you live in the hood. They're they not giving you Section 8 in the best neighborhoods in Atlanta and Houston and, 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 and fucking Fort Worth. They, they put you in the shitty neighborhoods there too. You just don't know because it's a little warmer. Yeah. And uh, I think from the book, the whole thing is like, you can't, you're not going to get, everybody want to get rich quick or get, you know, um, to the end goal without going through anything. I think the whole book was just showing like, you got to go through this stuff to get your your treasure. Like it could be sitting right in front of you, but if you ain't learned nothing, you don't know how to master it. You don't know how to make it better. It's just going to sit right there in front of you. Cause he yeah, had to believe, though he had. It was more so for him, to make him believe. You yeah, know what I mean? Because yeah. he was questioning too much. So now he's like, man, you gotta believe everything you're going through is for a reason. And he's like, you gotta learn. So that, much, that was man. an ass whooping of reason. Like, bro, yeah. you you made it this far. You finally got to the pyramids, and you let and you let the like you let the fact that you know you didn't know where to shovel. The reason why you start crying, 
And it's just like, bro, they came and beat his ass. Like, bro, you ain't made it too far for you not to understand this mission. So we gonna. Go you want me give you anything specific on the story, mode? And it's always it's always a reminder though. It's a reminder like just because fucking like like he was getting all that money and shit that he was making like dude this all like life still ain't peaches and cream on there. You still get your ass beat. Man, yo, yo. So he goes back home. He finds the shovel, and he only goes home with one thing: a shovel. And that right there proved to me that he 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 believed because yeah. he didn't go there with his sheep. He didn't go there with money. He didn't go there like trying to start a business, find a house. He went there with one fucking thing: a shovel. Yeah. Because he, he got like you know he get everything and now we like we know like it, it what like this is a movie that would need a part two because we know everything that's to come everything's about to come and and the his and it wasn't like he was gonna talk about like what he wanted to do he had one goal I'm coming for you Fatima and that right there just kind of sealed the deal for me that was like yo books going on the list of favorite books ever like in my yeah, adult life. Yeah. I, I've I've seen every sappy love story ever. Why isn't this one of them? I love yeah. this story. I truly do love this story. And just the fact that nobody has a face, nobody has a name, but they all had a purpose. And that was but the way to end person, the book. Like, that's the only person that really had a name. Yeah. Was Fatima. And, and it's crazy because I was rooting for the, the wall girl. But then the fact is, we didn't get her name. We didn't get the people in this story had significance without a name, and it's amazing. We didn't even get it. her daddy name. He was just a merchant, just a merchant, <laughs> a merchant's daughter. So that concludes the story. What was the epilogue about? No, oh, that was separate. Yeah, that was separate. So that's the completion of the book. Uh, just real quick, everybody go around. But it's so it. much. It's so much like this. A book we had to do again later. Oh, but there's sure. so much to break down and all. Oh, like sure. by the part like you can break part. down certain segments in the book, like and just make that a whole cast. But like, yeah, real quick, uh, speak on speak on what the book meant to you. What it, what would you rank it at on a scale of one to five or one to ten? Uh, JB. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a five, and I think you know the biggest thing out of the book was. Uh, you on your journey and the journey you on is your journey. Just keep going. What about you, Black? One of one out of five? What's oh this? no, this book is top five, bro. This like this one, it's one of my favorite books. So, like for me, like when I first read, you know, my my ex fiance was Fatima. Mm. So when I read this book the first time, I'm like, man, this motherfucker. And I tried to push hard, you know, to make that shit work. That shit did not work. I'm like, that's the book. That's the moments right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the moments. So, all right, all right. What about you, uh, Rob? One to five. What do you think on what's the, what's the lasting mark on you? I'm giving it a five. And it's because I feel like this book emphasizes what's meant to be, will be. Exactly. You know, sometimes sometimes we're moving too fast in our journey. We need to slow down. Sometimes, Other times we're not moving fast enough. But when it's all said and done, what's meant to be will be. Yeah, I, I, I really I give this book a five. And I remember in the first podcast, I was downplaying this book because I was wanting it to give me something of substance. Not even realizing right away. That everything that I, all this, it was, I'm literally the, I'm literally. He the was the book. book. 
You yeah, was you was Santiago. Yeah, I am Santiago. Where's my damn treasure? Uh, he was an English. He was an Englishman. Yeah, I was. He was an Englishman. I he, want, as, he wanted this medal to be gold so fast, like oh man, <laughs> oh man. So like you gotta, I, you, you have to change that. Like cause remember, because to be to change the medal to gold, you gotta learn how to change it to all the other forms of metal first. first. Yep, first, and that's something. It's something so crazy to me. Like that eagerness to just want to be great. It, it, it's your time. It'll come, and if you if it's truly to be yours. There's nothing that can, even if you fuck up, you'll you'll still stumble onto it. Like that's literally the message of it. As long as you are living in your purpose, you will stumble onto greatness. Man, and, and I could take that. I could die with that. And I I, I was sitting here thinking to myself, like, damn, this is gonna be a long ass podcast because we got to cover everything. But really, in the fact of it, this book was a breeze to read through. Like I just remember reading through it, and I looked down, and I was like, oh damn, I got like ten pages left. Oh shit. What's gonna happen? And he was—he just turned himself into wind. I was like, "Damn, I don't, what, what's next?" Well, I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to speak on the book about? Something that you resonated with you out of out think, of context? I think a part of the a part of the book for me that was pretty interesting. Remember before um, before Santiago and the alchemist got snatched up by the second group? How Santiago was saying that. Uh, oh, I don't fear anything, so on and so forth. Then they get snatched up by the people. And then the alchemist tells the people, oh, he'll turn wind, he'll turn into wind in three days. And you saw his fear emerge again. Yeah. I was like, mmm. That was a lot. Because he like, he's like, this nigga ain't never been telling this man I'm about to turn. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, he like, how I learned this shit this fast? You know, three days. Like, hey, the first day, he, the first day he literally spent trying to like search for questions like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna just sneak out this bitch. They're like, oh no, bro, we 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 don't need no handcuffs. We don't need to put you in prison. You can't live outside. You'll never live out here. So you can do whatever you want. Then the second day, he went up to that mountain, started started t- looking around like, damn, how am I gonna do this shit? Third day, he just had a basic ass conversation with the with the universe. It turned it to wind. Yeah, that shit was just crazy, bro. I was that's why I said. I, I want them to do that movie in, in today's time because that shit would be so cold. Is there an old movie of it? I think it. I, I've seen The Alchemist. I looked it up. Like I've seen like, but I haven't looked. In, I'm not looking at none of that shit. I this feel like we need to read. This movie's too woke. Like it, yeah, Hollywood will never make this shit. They, but they'll fuck it up just like they did. Um, what the name of that movie? The Gaza with like with um Haru and all of that. They was all white. Oh yeah. Like sun, yeah, I'm like, come yeah. on, man! How these Egypt, Egyptian motherfuckers all <laughs> got Henry, got Henry Cavill walking around in Egypt? Shut the fuck man, up! Man, they got all type of Egypt white movies. I'm yeah. like, get the fuck out of here, bro! It's the same thing, like you know, especially now that Black Panther's gone. It's just like we could, we this story would be so great. I was telling somebody the other day they just need to go ahead and recast Chad with both, like. They recast they, have, they are, they did. I th- either they're gonna do it as a um hologram because nah. they doing Black Panther 2 already. Nah. Recast them, but they should They not recasting them, they're gonna pass it on to Shuri and they're gonna just turn the Black Panther from a, a name to a moniker like 007. But I think uh they should have gone to the past and showed us the first Black Panther and then yeah. came back with a new recast because Man, we need we needed that black hero. We need more movies. Yeah, have y'all but, seen the trailer for that? You see that Spike Lee movie about to drop? Yeah. Oh, that shit goes 
hard. Did you see that trailer? Yeah, but, but remember, remember one movie. I can't think of the name of the movie they have where they white people will be the slaves. The, the that's that Nat Turner one, and I wait for that too. That shit's like gonna be... it's like it's like a um it's no, like a reverse in time where they show white people as the slaves, bro, and white people do not like that. I can't shit. wait. I can't wait. It's real uncomfortable. It man, a lot of people uncomfortable. It gonna make a lot of people uncomfortable. That's okay. That's okay. Hey, we we live in it. Somebody was telling me the other day, like how uh. Like, so, like white people are trying so hard to be oppressed. They, the white people so badly want to be oppressed. Like they can't Don't handle. They, man. <laughs> they can't handle it. Like they look for anything. And I said, like, like where you get that from? He was like, bro, you didn't see these people out here marching in Walmart and Target. Like, could you imagine you marching in a public in a private establishment about wearing a mask? They're like, he was like, yeah, man, that's crazy. That they forcing us to wear masks. I'm like, you know, it's crazy how we marched across a bridge just to get equal rights. And then when we got to the end of the bridge, they had fire trucks and dogs waiting for us. It was like, yeah, that was terrible. But you know, today I was like, bro, did you just watch? Did you just like walk all over that statement with the yeah, but yeah, but <laughs> like some of the people are walking around I don't even speak English. They be up. <laughs> Everything hurt they motherfucking feelings. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, they gonna it's, try to force. They gonna force a language on the land that didn't speak. It. Like, like, damn, my nigga, nobody here spoke that. <laughs> they talk about like how they like they didn't have an identity. Like they fought to be separated from the Queen's English and the Queen's way of life. They came here, couldn't fit in, so they just dominated and conquered. And then when they realized, like, oh shit, we didn't learn how to do this. We need some help. They went and got help, and then they tried to cultivate them, and then we came up with our own culture, and they're like, well, technically, it's our culture because we brought y'all here. It was like, nah, bro, we we good. <laughs> if you gave us the money that it took for y'all to get here we to go back, we'd be good. We could rebuild Africa in a heartbeat. And, and I was telling somebody the other day, like, man, I said this on my, on my Facebook, hard pill to swallow. America's a shithole, man. Shithole place to live. Yeah, third world country status bullshit. But man, that was the conclusion of our books. I don't know if anybody had anything they want to sponsor. Uh, anything to shout out? Nah, man. Happy holidays. Yeah, man, I think happy. we'll go on break for next week. Uh, we ain't got no choice, y'all. Put mm-hmm. all the motherfucking parts into one. <laughs> Let's just finish. <laughs> That's why we finished this one right here, so we can start. I told off. like I told y'all that like it wasn't gonna be easy to stop on this book, man. It wasn't. Hey, you absolutely right. You absolutely right because we spoofed it. I I just I usually listen to these books when I'm like drawing or something like that. So I was just drawing and I was like, no, nah, this shit too good. I'm gonna just keep drawing. And then two hours turned into four hours and the book was done. I had Dang. to come back a couple times on some parts. Like, hold on, what just happened? Yeah, yeah there was a like, few parts that. But that's me the thing, like, you, like this is a book that you can read. I'm gonna have to more, yeah. more, and then as you get older, it's gonna, it's gonna come to you differently. It, yeah, it comes to you differently. I love this. I, what's the next book we're reading? Rich Dad Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then the Promised Land. Now, promise. do we want to read that? Because Obama's been pissing me off lately. That's like why a book. Uh, did you did you get mad at? the fucking um the defund the cops thing bro i i, I sit on the podcast and i say it here my guy 
we don't you don't share the same experiences at, of normal African Americans in this country. You're an exception you, to you, the rule. You, you think so? I know so. Why you, you know so? So so you don't think that he's that that he felt black? No, he's felt it, but he's not doing anything to help the situation. Him saying that to fund the police is a snappy slogan, while we got yeah. homeboys in Oklahoma getting ran over by police officers. Did you see the tape that came out about uh? So so wait, well like so for that like for me, I felt like black people were taking that as like a slight or something. Like, it is was, a slight. Nah, but wait, like he's saying, like, see, see, that's how Obama works. Obama wanna make it so that it's simplified so like you tr- you can basically trick a, a white motherfucker into doing it. That's what like that's how that's how Bro, the if you if defund the police is triggering white people, go fuck yourself. Because those but my people are dying because of that. Yeah, but I'm saying, but but He's, that's why I like where I like how he put it was basically like changed it. Yeah, something it tricked the white people into just doing what the fuck you want. Have to you like. looked up? Have you looked up the story on the beer summit, Obama's beer summit? Nah. So there's a stand. There was a Stanford professor who was standing in front of his house, outside of his, I believe Yale or Stanford, one of those Ivy League <laughs> schools. And basically, police officer rolled up and said, "Hey, what's going on here?" And he was like, "Nothing. I'm standing outside of my house." And he arrested him and brought him in. That professor was the best friend of Obama when he was in office. Obama said at the time of the professor's arrest that those officers acted very stupidly. That is the correct reaction. Because yeah. no man no man should ever be arrested on his front porch for doing absolutely nothing. But when Obama said that, he had to come back out two weeks later and have a beer summit where they invited a pro, uh, an officer who was racially profiling this man to the White House for him and him to sit down and say there was no racial profiling. This was just a big misunderstanding. Obama's ability to try and meet people on both sides is going to lose the most important side, which is the black side. You need to be able to call a spade a spade. And when you don't do that, I'm gonna call you fake. Yeah, no, nah, see, that's why I, that's why I would defer with on that one when it came to like how he was saying it, bro. It was like but now uh, he's walking he got- back. But like now, look at CNN's report. You know what? Defund the police isn't a snappy slogan. It's just it's sometimes some people don't understand it. You know what? That that's my point. Good, yeah, that's what like, you should have said first instead of dissing your people. No, but see that. But that's what, that's what I'm saying. I feel like y'all took it as as it was something that, that he was trying to break down. But when he was breaking, he was saying like, bro, like I listened to the whole thing he, when he was talking. He was saying like. Instead of saying this, just say it like this, so you can basically trick these motherfuckers into doing to what you want them to do. I, I think we're past tricking. If you like, this isn't. I don't think we is because white people are so stupid. This nigga Trump, he tricked them into believing everything. Why not trick think, their ass into fixing shit? I think this is an exact example of kind of him going through the presidency. Like people, we yeah. wanted him to do something, but like he understand how it worked. Like how. Yeah. Actually, supposed to be like you see so how Trump tricked I'll them in that, bro. Trump tricked the shit out of them. I'll tell you right now, like with, with the diversity initiative and State Farm, they talk a lot about the growth strategy behind it because you got to trick certain people. Like we all know what we doing, but you got to like you got to make it make sense for somebody else that it, they don't care. They don't care about that, so you got to make them care. The best thing, the best thing to do for a white person is to make them think that it was their idea. <laughs> hey. Hey, hey, I don't know. Maybe, and maybe this and is be like, of, oh shit, yeah. Like we, we, we thought of that shit first. Like maybe right. this is we, we could, like, we could go like the way you said here, like we go that way. But it's it ain't nothing, been never been nothing but this. 
It so just takes so much longer. Like shit right, happens, it but it takes long. so they much longer. They do the short way and be like, y'all know what y'all came up with that, and I'm then it happened. I, I fucking love busting heads, man. It's just it's, it's, it's something therapeutic about hurting but, white people's feelings. But I like I like I like that trick in that mind. I like tricking like white because they so simple minded, bro. That's just trick these motherfuckers into doing whatever the fuck we want to do and make them think it's their idea. Then when we got it our way, it'd be our way. And we cool. Like, we all working towards the same thing one way. But they're going to be so okay with it because they feel like they they had an input on it. Yeah, <laughs> we helped those black people. Look at us. We did great by them. Yeah, we did great because if it wasn't for us, those niggas would still be getting killed by cops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I'll so yield to that point. We, I'm not... Hopefully, y'all realize how we just came full circle back to the school who stepped out the door. Of course, the school who yeah. stepped out the door is forever. It's legendary. Obama. So, Breezy, so, the, the, all, three, all three of these books go like all three of these books kind of go hand to hand when it comes to certain shit. Yeah. Oh, yep. Beasy, he the, he the original spook. He the original <laughs> spook. <laughs> I don't know what he doing back there, man. The original spook. He, 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 he tricking both sides and thinking shit going on. So he <laughs> hero. <laughs> and you know I'm always going to come for blood. Obama, like, because I just wish, I just wish he, Obama, I want to just hear Obama say some real ass shit. Some hood shit for once. They, that's I, what everybody want from him so bad. He going to he gonna, he gonna do it at the, the end. Like, he do that, he going to lose that other side. He gonna, just, he but he be okay with losing our side. Because he, he knows we're going to forgive his ass. He know he's going to be able to shoot a three and we go forgive his ass. Yeah, but I just want to do black shit right quick, baby. Yeah, go moonwalk or some bullshit. But damn. No, all he's going to do is have a barbecue at his career and it's going to be niggas there and rappers. Okay, yeah. cool. He cool. Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I've been covered for Obama's head. I'm bootlegging this book. I already said it out loud because I don't want to give no money. He pissed me off with that shit. <laughs> oh no, I'm buying. I'm buying. Promise, man. Bought it. Thank y'all, so, y'all good people, man. That's my, that's my guy, man. All Thank right, you. so then we're taking a break off next week, then. Yeah, I guess we get we get chill for New Year. Yeah, let the let the time surprise. Like, if, unless y'all just want to do a meetup just for the weekly therapy, but. I don't as far as oh, like, yeah, we, 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 we can probably meet up for, for, for nothing yeah because I don't start moving to the first week of January and you coming up here right yeah we're back. Yeah, we're back.